Hey, DeAndre, how's it going? How are you doing today? So good. Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. So can you tell us a t- tell us a little bit about yourself? What what does the the average threshold listener need to know about you in order to get a picture of who you are? Well, the average threshold member probably has absolutely no idea who I am because I'm not a very big X-Plane guy. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I used to run a website called Air Daily X, which was uh, really popular in the FSX P3D realm. And um, I don't know how much of the history you want to get back into that, but uh, I ran that for uh, probably about seven years um, and at one point, it was really the most popular um, online resource uh, until FS Elite came along. And um, by the time FS Elite started, um, was right when I was actually leaving the the space because uh, I had gotten a new career and I didn't have time to run it anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I did that for a number of years. I think over the course of that seven years, I think I wrote something around 8,000 articles, a couple of hundred reviews, about maybe 100 or so uh, live streams and uh, podcasts as well. So it was a lot of fun. I don't really do it much anymore, um, which I should also get onto another point because I did recently as well, recently as about a year ago, I started a new website called flight level 350 and um when i had sold air daily x the people that i sold it to completely butchered it up so it's actually gone now if you go to airdailyx.net it i don't think anything will come up anymore but um with the new site i was kind of hoping to pick up where i left off and uh as i was getting the site up and running i wound up going to work with a developer which is milvis so and i'm actually um pretty high up in the company so I've been dealing with uh, this conflict of interest. You know, I am technically a developer now. So how does it look if I'm also running a media website? So I've been really struggling with that um, over the course of the last, I think, six months since I joined Milvis. So I'm not really 100% sure in case there are listeners of yours that do know who I am and are probably wondering what's going on with that website. Um, I just don't really know because... um, I don't want to come off as, you know, the guy where anything goes and I'll criticize any developer, but now being a developer myself, technically, um, you know, maybe that doesn't come off very well. It's one thing when you're just an enthusiast, but you know, when you're on the other side of the fence, I think things get a little bit more complicated. So I'm not really sure what I'm going to do at that website yet. So, um, but that's just in case anyone who's probably curious what's going on there. But I will also note for all the interviews that I did for FS Expo, 2019 and the event up in Cosford. I did a number of interviews there. So I'm still in the process of editing editing those up and putting them up on the YouTube channel. So those will go out no matter what. Oh, that's great. What is it? So I, I run the podcast and I, I will say the podcast is quite a bit of work because I have to do everything with it. I I don't write like all of it. I uh, Luke, uh, who's on our staff, he usually writes the news section and then I read that or he reads it or Kezo reads it's basically whoever has time during that week is able to read it so you do a ton you do both writing you do the podcast you do your YouTube channel like if you go to flight level 350 there's just so many sections what when when it was more in when the website was more in its heyday how do you manage all of that work you know a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people have asked me that and um 
the big thing is is a having a very supportive wife because uh without her there's without her being accepted to it there's no way it would have ever worked um how I mostly was able to pull it off was that it, it kind of worked hand in hand with my job. So when I first started with Air Daily X, I was actually working for Emirates Airline. And um, I my position there, yeah, my position there was I had um, a high grade level position there. And so I worked out of my own like little corner office. So what helped was is in between my little projects, how I would give myself little intermittent breaks, especially when you have stacks of paperwork on your desk is, you know, one every 10 minutes out of every hour, I'd stop to take a break and stopping to take a break to me is, OK, let's do a quick run for news and see what's out there and see how fast I can get something up on the site, which keeps me working and keeps my my brain moving, because once I get in the zone, I kind of have to keep my brain moving. But sometimes I hit information overload, so I have to switch to another form of work. And so with um, flight simulation, to me, that's always just been, um, you know, something that just stimulates the mind. So um, that's how I was able to do it there. And then um from there, I actually went to work for Qantas, and uh, while I was working there, um, the position that I had was really kind of an overnight position. So, um, you know, I'd come in late in the afternoon, which means that in the morning and all noon, I had, you know, all this free time to get news up on the site. So, you know, if, for example, if, you know, I get home at, say, 7 o'clock in the morning when the when the uh, the first flights are arriving in, um, that's when I'm pretty much heading home. And then, you know, I'll do that sweep of news. Um, and then I'll go to bed and then I'll wake up around um, probably noon, do another sweep of news. And then I have pretty much the rest of the afternoon to do reviews or whatever. And then I go into work late at night and then the planes all depart. And then there's just this huge gap between um, the planes departing before the, 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 the morning planes come in. So I basically have nothing else better to do but sit there and hope that there's not an emergency, which is my position there was a kind of a first responder position. So um, I had pretty much all night. Once once the operation was done, you know, I'm still on the clock, but, you know, I'm basically monitoring, um, you know, the frequencies and, and telex and everything else. So um, that's when I'm also writing reviews. And so that also got me on to European time. So people are waking up in like Eastern Europe and news is coming when they're waking up and then Western Europe and, and, um, I'm sorry, I should say Western Europe first, then Eastern Europe, right? Is that, am I getting that right? No, Eastern Europe, then Western Europe. Yeah, that's right. Um, and they're waking up to fresh news. And then by the time the East coast of the U S is waking up, they're waking up to fresh news. So, you know, between six hours of sleep, you know, that all worked out really well. So, um, that's pretty much how I was able to do it. And then on weekends, you know, I do the uh, the live streams or, you know, I'd get home from work at seven in the morning and something would get released and then I'd jump on a live stream. But um, then I took on a, an executive position with Virgin Australia. And when I interviewed for the position, I didn't even consider Air Daily X or anything else. I just, you know, I, I saw it as an opportunity to make a lot more money and to have a, you know, much more important position. Um, you know, the reason I left Emirates was because they were closing their offices. And so for me, it was like, well, what's the next job? So I kind of went to a job that was really easy to do, which allowed me to have all this, you know, additional free time. So, but then going into the, the position with Virgin Australia, I had no time at all. I mean, I was working probably 15 hour days and, you know, I kind of walked in with a big mess dumped on my hands. And uh, I had to clean it up. And so the good news is, is that I did a great job cleaning it up. But the bad news is, is that um, 
over the, I think it was like two and a half years that I was there, um, you know, it got to the point where um, the, the executives wanted to hand the airline off to Delta to basically cover everything from below wing all the way up to management. So uh, that was my job was to basically hand it off to Delta. And so now at LAX, when you arrive, everything is pretty much handled by Delta Airlines now, which means that, uh, you know, I had to basically train someone else to do my job, um, which kind of then left me, okay, so now what do I do? So once that was done, and I got my my health, my uh, hefty severance, you know, then it was like, hey, well, so what's next? And, you know, I just kind of just sat and just waited. You know, I'm fortunate that I have a partner that, you know, does very well. So, you know, it wasn't like it was something that was detrimental, but, um, you know, it, she, you know, was very um, patient in allowing me to just to find out what I wanted to do. So when Milvis kind of plopped in my lap, um, early in the summer, it was like, you know, my first thought was, is a, I love flight simulation and I've always been more interested and curious about what happens on the other side of the curtain. And so this became my opportunity to do so. But the downside is, is that when I got this free time back to do the website, which is why I started it. Now I wound up getting caught in a conflict of interest. And one of the promises I made to myself was, is I'm not going to let another job stop me. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to continue to do it. But um, once uh, I wound up with Milvis, it's like, okay, it's not that it's just another job. It's that I am a developer. So we get back to that conflict of interest, which I'm still kind of struggling with now. How did you, did these positions at other airlines, was that what started your passion for flight simulation and flight in general? Or did something else start it? No, flight simulation for me started back in 1995. I actually remember my dad, um, he was a big Mac guy because Macs were still, you know, Mac desktop computers were still big back in the 90s. And uh, so he had a number of flight simulators for Mac. And I don't remember all of them. One was like an F-18. They were all military simulators. Um, but one was like an F-18 simulator. One was a, uh, a Warthog simulator. Um and so whenever he would go to bed at, you know, like 10 o'clock at night, then that was my turn to finally get my hands on the computer. Um, so, you know, I'd get up and fly the missions and stuff like that. But, you know, my my dream was always to fly something commercially. I And I have had this obsession with commercial aviation since 93, which was my very first flight, a uh, flight to Chicago on an MD-80 and then back on a DC-10. And that was November of 1993. Um, so that's when my initial obsession started. Now, according to my grandfather, whom I don't really keep in touch with because I think he lives in the Philippines now, um, but he would say that um, – he told me that uh, – because we all knew he had his own plane. It was like an old Grumman. I don't remember what model it was, but – my dad and mom wouldn't allow him to take me up in the plane, so he would taxi it around the airport. So if you can imagine a two-year-old DeAndre just with his hands on the yoke, you know, taxiing around the airport, you know, for, for two hours. Um, you know, so I think it started there kind of subconsciously. And then – but uh, so after um, – my dad finally got his first Windows computer, I think, in 98. So with that came FS98 uh, and then FS2000 – what was it? I think it was FS2000 that came after that. And by then I was living on my own. I had my own job. And um, there was a guy who 
uh, was working. I was working at FedEx at the time. My, my first job out of high school was uh, I, I did weight and balance for FedEx. So that was a really good paying job. So, um, But there was a guy there that was working part-time who worked for some computer company. And a lot of these computer companies would throw away computers. Like, you know, they just at some point, they don't want them anymore, whatever, they throw them away. So he was basically rescuing these computers from the trash and selling them in the parking lot at work. So um, I didn't want to pay him for one, but I had a PlayStation 2, which at the time was like brand new. And uh, so I basically traded him a PlayStation 2 for one of these computers and went straight to Best Buy and got a copy of FS. 2004 off the shelf and um my first pay were scenery that let me see so my first my first trip out of the country was uh, in 2004 i went to switzerland and this was right after the new dock e had been built and i had never seen an airport so clean and architecturally you know aesthetic and you know because the airports in the u.s i mean some of them are now are getting better but they mostly suck so, um, so when I got home, the first thing I wanted to do was, is there anyone who makes that, that looks like that, that I can put in my simulator? And, um, I think Mailsoft was the first one that did Zurich, but they didn't have the docky or whatever. But anyway, so I bought that, bought LAX from cloud nine and Amsterdam from cloud nine. And then that's where the money started. So, um, that's kind of the, the short version of how I got into flight simulation, but yeah, it goes back to 95. So threshold is pretty well, actually, Threshold is primarily X-Plane news. Why did you never go to X-Plane? Um, okay, so X-Plane to me always, and I know your readers are going to just want to hate me for this, but X-Plane to me always sucked right up until X-Plane 11. And when X-Plane 11 came out, it was like, oh, my God, okay, finally they're moving in the right direction. But I think for a number of us that kind of grew up through the the Microsoft branch of things, um, you know, X, FSX, well, actually, I take that back. I've always hated FSX as much as I've hated every iteration of X-Plane. So that's actually the truth. Um, I was one of those people who stuck with FS9 and was whining and complaining about, you know, why are developers leaving FS9 in the same way that X-Plane people are complaining why are developers leaving, I'm sorry, not X-Plane, but FSX people are complaining why are developers leaving um, FSX. Well, well, yeah, you had a a post on Air Daily Axe where you you were so excited for P3D because you just hated FSX so much. I did. Oh, wow. You actually read some of my, okay. Yeah. So you actually, so yeah, I was the first person to jump into P3D. That was like version 1.2 or something like that. And no one else wanted to touch it because everyone was afraid of the EULA. And I just didn't care because that was just, that was always my motive. I don't give a crap. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll try to leave the cuss words out of this, but yeah, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to stream it anyway. I don't care what the EULA says. And then once I did it, everyone else was like, okay, well then I guess we'll do it. Um, but essentially, yeah, they fix a lot of the limitations that, that X FSX had that I just couldn't, I couldn't get over. Um, so when, uh, back in, I think that was uh flight some 2015, that's when the, the first event, when, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, da, 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 your X-Plane uh, guy. Uh, Austin Meyer, thank you. Yeah, so he he came down to that event. That was the one over in uh, Hartford at the uh, New England Air Museum. And so when they started showing off the first, I think it was that year, they started showing off the first previews of X-Plane 11. And for once, they finally got my attention. And then after that, they released the, uh, the demo. So the demo right off the bat blew me away, especially the night lighting. I completely loved it. But there were there were a couple of elements that um 
that kept me from committing to X-Plane. And the first element was the performance. So with P3D on my system now, I, I have a Jetline Systems computer, and it's basically their high-end computer from, I think, two years ago. I've just recently put in some upgrades, but I'm basically running P3D at pretty much the max out settings. With X-Plane, I had to drag those settings way down to get decent performance in my system. So that was one of the things that kind of bugged me. And so yeah, I probably should have given it more time, but this is just a demo because as of today, I still haven't purchased the full version and I'm sure it's probably a lot more um, streamlined than it was then. Uh, another issue with it was... Um, I'd be flying at night and then I'd fly into a cloud and everything would go white. And I'm like, <sighs> okay, so that I was, was another thing that I couldn't get over. So now we're two out of three and then three out of three, um, which I think is the most common complaint is, uh, the winter, um, the seasonal variations. And that to me is a big deal because for me, there's nothing like, you know, trying to, you know, uh, troubleshoot an ILS approach in, in a snowstorm. You know, the sort of things where if it's real life, no matter how qualified you are or your aircraft, you're going to divert. But for me in the simulator, I'm going to go anyway. So I enjoy that fun. And that's something that X-Plane just hasn't done yet. And I imagine that, you know, they will get there maybe with the next um, iteration of, of X-Plane. But uh, they're just, they're not, they're not there yet. Um, so, um, you know, and I'm, I'm under huge NDA with Microsoft now, so I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that I'm using it or not. Cause they are, they are very strict at their NDA. Um, but you know, I am hopeful that X-Plane will continue to develop, above and beyond where they are now because i think they've you know austin and the team they've put so much money into it that it would be stupid to leave now and i know that you know there's a lot of people and even developers that are saying oh the the new microsoft simulator is gonna be the end-all be-all and it's gonna kill everything else and you know whereas it is definitely impressive i i think it's important for the community to have options. And I've always said that from the very beginning, you know, it doesn't matter what simulator you fly, as long as you love what you fly and you enjoy it. But I think we should always have options. And, you know, I don't know what Lockheed Martin's um, position is in terms of the future. I think for them that they probably are not concerned because most of their clients are probably um, corporate clients and commercial clients and, you know, DOD stuff like that. So they're, they're probably not, you know, so much concerned from the enthusiasm level which technically it's not for anyway so you know if you get down to you know what are the top you know enthusiast platforms i would like it to be you know um ms 2020 and x-plane you know 12 where x-plane 12 finally bridges the gap between what they are not doing now and you know what they should be doing feature feature wise in the future so microsoft has never um intimidated Austin over the course of all these years where it just didn't sell as much and all the way back when it was only on Mac and fewer and fewer people were having, you know, buying Macs back then. A lot of people were moving over to Windows systems. Um, so it's, it's... I wish that trend stayed. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and he's stuck with X-Plane all the way through it. So, you know, I would like to think that if it never intimidated him before, it shouldn't intimidate him now. And, you know, I, I, I would just like to see effort go into, you know, those few areas and then i think it'll be good to go so i finally upgraded a lot of additional cards i just bought two one terabyte ssds so one is for ms 2020 the other is for you know the next x-plane 12 that i'm just 
waiting. I've already heard rumors that it's like in development. I don't know if it's, you know, been corroborated or not. You guys probably know that a little bit more than me. So, but I would like to be able to try them both because um, aiming at this from the Milvis perspective, and this is not something that, you know, we are going public with yet, but, you know, we're definitely looking at MS-2020. As of now, we are 100% remaining commitment to P3D and the future of P3D. Um, obviously, you already know what's going on with X-Plane and, you know, definitely Colin's position with X-Plane, um, you know, and things just haven't sold very well. But I'm still keeping X-Plane in my back pocket because if they do come out with an X-Plane 12 and, you know, they do bridge that gap you know i think what it's going to come down to is is where where is the market going to shift so will the market shift towards x-plane will it shift towards um ms 2020 i don't know you know so it, it all depends as developers you have to look at okay where is the community going um and and that's going to be the big thing and i'm sure austin and the team are looking at ms 2020 and they're going to want to look at what the full feature set is that's going to come out for that you know and you know if i'm austin my thought process is okay i need to look at everything they're doing and find a way to beat it um because x-plane has pulled a lot of people over i mean um it yeah and i you know i'll be honest with you i'll be honest with you i thought the uh the navigraph uh, what's that? Uh, the, the the charts, the the uh, navigational data. Not the charts, but they they did they every year they do the um the survey the yeah. poll the survey. There it is. And when I saw that X Plane and Lockheed Martin were basically fifty fifty, I was literally saying that's BS. There's just no way. There's just no way. Um, but when we were at Flight to Mexico. 2019 which we've had the biggest ballroom we've ever had and the ballroom on a friday was packed i mean there must have been what maybe four or five hundred people in there and jetline systems was doing a seminar and he asked okay how many people are using x-plane and not even a third of the room raised their hand you know and then he goes well how many people are raising p or are using p3d and half the room went up and then how many people are using x-plane and the other half of the room went up and a lot of these people were overlapping which means they're using both so you know i i because you know i so i definitely see that you know a lot of people are going in that direction because the thing is P3D, as great as it is, and we haven't seen version 5 yet, but as great as it is, you know, it's still, you know, it still uses in many areas FS98 code. A lot of people don't know that. Whereas X-Plane just feels new. It feels fresh. It feels invigorating, even though it's missing a lot of elements. So I think what a lot of people are going to be looking at, you know, when MS2020 comes out next year, I think it's that's when they're supposed to bring it out, is they're going to be looking at probably what feels fresher, and they're going to be looking at where all the third-party developers are going, and I know a number of third-party developers have already announced that they're not going to support X-Plane anymore. So I think the only way that that's probably going to turn around is if, um, you know, X-Plane 12 comes out and you're matching it with MS-2020 and people are like, whoa, okay, these two are neck and neck or one is the better than the other. And then developers, and if that happens to be X-Plane, then developers might have to rethink it. And so for me... And my position at Milvis is, is yes, we're looking at what MS2020 is doing. We're looking at what uh, Lockheed Martin is doing. And we're looking at what X-Plane is doing. And, you know, we're just trying to, you know, figure out where the path forward is. Because I will say this, um, you know, since MS2020 was announced, you know, a lot of developers have seen significant losses in sales. Sales have dropped because people are now in this position where they don't know where the future is headed. And they're afraid that if I spend money now... You know, it's only going to be, you know, relevant for, you know, 
however many months and then you know it's not going to be relevant anymore i'm going to want to see what's coming out exactly so it, it is hurting some developers in that in that retrospect and so to support multiple platforms that starts to become difficult and really expensive and one of the things i can tell you now being on the other side of the fence i it's it's amazing how complex things are and the things you don't think about like payroll and and uh you know how money has to be split so many different ways that by the time all of your employees are paid off at the end of the month it's like okay wow now we've got to you know go to the next month and try to make it work again so it's 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 really no joke it's really no joke so i can understand now a lot more clearly why developers make the decisions that they make and Historically, with X-Plane, X-Plane users just don't spend in the same way that the the X uh, the FSX iteration fans spend money. And, you know, I know this personally because if I were to tap into my SimMarket account and my Aerosoft account and Flightbeam and FS Dream Team and all these companies, um, over the years since that first purchase that I mentioned – I think I've spent somewhere around $5,000 in software add-ons. So, um, you know, your average X-Plane user is probably not going to be able to say that. So that's what it comes down to as well is, is you know, who's willing to to spend money. Because at the end of the day, if if it costs you, you know, $70,000, $80,000 to develop a product um, and it only makes fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, in one particular platform, then it just isn't viable. And I think for a lot of developers, that's what they're finding in X-Plane right now. So, but um, I, I think we're in an exciting time. You know, when Dovetail was doing their thing, it was exciting for a minute. Um, but even more so now, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna see something interesting happen. I think a lot of people are gonna stay with X-Plane. I think a lot of people are gonna stay with P3D. But I think people are going to, you know, assuming X-Plane comes out with a new version, I think they're gonna want to download both buy them both and you know and see which is better you know and it might might be both it very well might be both and it might wind up being in the best you know um interest of developers to to support them all and try to find ways to give everyone everything you know while not going broke but also while not exactly giving everything away for free so i definitely think the next the next 12 to 15 months are going to be very interesting but um, in short, you know, that's why I'm not an X-Plane now, but it's not like I'm anti-X-Plane and want nothing to do with X-Plane. I just, it, it's falling short in key areas that I find important where it excels. It excels tremendously. It's an amazing platform, but it's gotta, it's gotta pick up in these other key areas to really kind of win my heart over. And so I keep watching, I keep listening. Um, you know, I follow your guys' uh, uh, site threshold, and I look up there and I go, "Man, that plane looks freaking awesome!" Like you guys have some badass planes. I don't know if I'm about to use bad words here, but you guys have like amazing airplanes. And for me, it's like I want to get X plane downloaded just so I can fly some of those planes. So, um, you know, it, it, it all comes down to what's twelve going to be, and that's that's what I'm kind of hoping um is going to be the one that wins me over i guess we'll see i think that what you're kind of alluding to is that the both p3d mf mfs 2020 and also x-plane kind of need to play to their talents a little bit more i think that x-plane would probably be a lot more successful if whenever they enter x-plane 12 if they pay attention to things that the community does a lot i i think something that's actually very very telling uh you may not know too much about this but um one of the 
one of the bigger things that you can do for X-Plane if you want to have major graphical changes or something is that you get a plugin called Fly with Lua. And then from there, you're able to install various things such as different light shaders. Um, one of my favorite ones is there's uh, a Lua script that allows you to, it actually has uh, cloud shadows on the ground, which is something that default X-Plane doesn't really come with. And um, I think that that's like an area of X-Plane where people are really able, well, actually where Lemonar Research, I think would really be able to see what people want because that focuses a lot on graphical stuff and, and things that X-Plane kind of lacks. I have both. I have P3D and I have X-Plane, um, both for separate reasons. Um, I, I can tell you as being someone who started in X-Plane and who went to P3D that it's definitely, I'm a lot more reluctant to put down uh like to take out my wallet and pay. And it's also a lot more frustrating to be in P3D after X-Plane has like an amazing camera set up and then having to drop, I think it's like $38 or something to get Chase Plane or something that just allows me to move the camera comfortably. Um, but I think that what, I think what you're getting at is definitely very true where, uh, well, you know, it, what you're getting at in your explanation as to why you don't use X-Plane, which is that they're not necessarily playing to their talents enough and and explain i think once their new visual engine falcon comes out we'll probably start to move in a really really positive direction and i think that if they just keep on listening to third parties and stuff that maybe they'll have a pretty good shot shot at microsoft flight simulator 2020 um which i'm sure you're very excited for as i can actually kind of hear the excitement in your voice <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, I can't talk about it. I can't even tell you if I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Neither can I. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you're you're absolutely right, and um, I think that's the other half of it as well. Is you know when you're when you're branching into a new platform, it's knowing what you need. And that's a big thing. Like with P3D, for example, there are a lot of things that are built in, like cloud shadows and stuff like that. But there are other things that you know, that are ancillary that you need. So like Chase Plane, somebody coming into someone coming in into P3D that's brand new may not know about that. Um, or like PTA or, or uh, Tomato Shade and a lot of these other other uh, add-ons that that really make it so much better because default vanilla P3D is, is sucks. But once you throw in Orbix True Earth and, you know, all this other stuff, then suddenly it really starts to come to life. So you know, I think, you know, for X-Plane, it's trying to find that threshold of what, you know, utilities and the same for P3D, if it's important to them, that should be built in. And, you know, maybe and, and that's the other thing about X-Plane, too, that I think would be great is, is that uh, because it's so open to developers in a way that P3D is not, um, you know, for them to have a way where when you install something, it, you know, it throws that interface right in there. So when you're when you're throwing in these third-party add-ons, it pops up in an instant menu as opposed to having to launch like 30 different third-party programs to get things to work. And, you know, I think that's the other half of it. And so for me, whenever I'm talking to X-Plane groups at, you know, fights and events and stuff, you know, and they're like, okay, well, just tell us what you don't like. And I'm like, well, this and that. And they're like, oh, but you got to get this. Oh, and you got to go download that. And it's like, okay, I'm not taking notes. So, you know, anything outside of like an X-Plane person sitting at the computer with me saying, okay, download this. This is what this does. Download that. 
I think that probably would also help me along too. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot older than a lot of people think I'm pushing 40. So for me, it's like when you kind of get into your zone and you're, and you're ready to start getting into something new, if you know, it's, it's like, how do I know where to find stuff? So even for me running ADX all these years, that's why I did it because I wanted to help people figure out where to find stuff. Even to this day, I know about aircraft and utilities and stuff that I use that I know 90% other people don't use because they just don't know it exists. And because I'm not running a website to tell the world anymore, it's like, you know, whenever I'm, you know, the, the, the odd live stream or um, someone comes over and they see me something like, whoa. Where'd you get that plane from? I didn't even know about this plane. It's like, yeah, it's really old, but it looks new, but no one knows about it, you know? So that's the thing is, is, is like maybe a starter menu. Maybe you guys should do something like that. Like, a, like the, the X plane must have starter package where you just have like a, you know, a list of things like these are all the third party downloads that you must have in order to be able to do this and that and the other. Maybe that might help too. Jeez, don't take for, my for job folks like me anyway. Me. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a really good Never. idea though so <laughs> i'm definitely gonna yeah. pass that one on um yeah i mean we'll we'll see what happens i think that i, I do that like literally every single person that's been on this show has has every single time that microsoft flight simulator 2020 comes up they keep on everybody says these next few months are going to be interesting like almost verbatim and i totally agree i think that you know, if if Microsoft delivers in in the way that P3D lacks and that X-Plane lacks as well, then they've definitely got like a very, very compelling product on their hand. But then at the same time, if X-Plane responds in a great way, then you've got that too. And then there's also the people who stick with X-Plane because of the flight model and stuff. But um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to pass that idea on to the team. I think that's actually really, really a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm a huge helicopter guy too, by the way. So, and everyone always tells me that the dynamics in X plane is just so much better. So, um, to be honest, and I, I, you know, I go to Heli Simmer all the time, and I look at all these X plane videos of people landing their helicopters up in the Alps in these places, and I get so jealous. But before, I didn't have the space on my computer, so I, now I have the space. But now it just comes down to do a should I just go ahead and grab X plane now? Or wait till 12. And I'm like, I don't know where I'm hearing rumors that 12 is in development. You just mentioned Vulcan Engine and all that. So it's like, I think that's kind of what I'm waiting for. So I can just be swept off my feet and wooed. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> do you still fly even even with all the work that you do? Do you still like just fire up the simulator for fun? I do. I, I you know, I get to fly a lot more now um, than I've ever done. Um, really? Yeah. So when I was running Air Daily X, I mean, the only flying I did was if you saw me in the live stream, which is why when you're watching, I'm forgetting to put my gear down or I'm forgetting flaps or, you know, I'm always doing something stupid because it's like, you know, that that's the only time I've had to fly or if I'm testing a new product. But like, you know, the, the typical flight to flight has been it, it's been very few and far in between until probably this year so. Um, as of late, I've been doing a lot of flying. So I've been flying the, uh, the triple seven, uh, where did I start that? I started that thing up in, um, I started it in LA and then I flew it over to Amsterdam. Uh, and then I flew it cause I'm all about my third party airports. So what I do is, is I, you know, I do, I set everything up. I don't do online flying because, um, a lot of my long distance stuff, I'm away from the computer and I'm monitoring on an iPad or I'm sleep. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, once, once I hit the cruise altitude, that's it. 
and then my alarm goes off, you know, about two hours before, uh, before uh, top of descent, um, get up, have my breakfast, whatever, do that landing. And then, you know, then the following night I do the same thing. And then I drop down to Singapore for uh, imagine sim. And then from there I went down to fly Tampa, Sydney. So I've been, I've been basically doing this triple seven around the world flying. And then, um, in between I've been flying the captain sim seven, five, seven a lot because, I'm just, I just, I'm in love with that plane. That's like one of my favorite all-time airplanes. So I've been doing a lot of that stuff in terms of going back and forth across the country. So I've been traveling a lot this year, but um, now I've been flying a lot. But back when I was running the website, very little. If, if I was lucky, maybe once every two weeks where I just did like a complete point-to-point flight. Yeah. You know? What I end up doing sometimes is that if I have a lot of work during the day, I'll start a flight early and I, I'm totally like, the triple seven is my go-to and I'll start a flight early. And then once I get up to cruising altitude like you, then I'll go and I'll do my work here and there. And then I'll just like mentally remember when my top of descent is and then I'll go up and then I'll, I'll land it. Have you, have you done the, um, the London to, what is it? The London to Sydney flight, the one that stops in Singapore. Oh, the kangaroo route. Yeah. Uh, no, I've done it through via Amsterdam, but no, I have not done the kangaroo, like the proper kangaroo route. And the reason being is even on my system, London is, is a bit funky, like going in and out of Heathrow is, it just, oh my gosh, you know, I, I need a nice, cause the most important thing is the approach. It's not so much a departure. I mean, I can deal with some stutters on departure if I need to, but for me, the approach is the most important part of any flight. That's, that's when, you know, that wheels down is just when I get that, that serotonin injection in my brain. Um, but flying into Heathrow, you know, I get these intermittent stutters and I only get them in certain places around the globe. And I've spoken to developers about this and, these are key elements in P3D that go all the way back to, I think, FS9, where there are just issues in the code that they can't overcome. So another area like that is Friday Harbor from Orbix. If you fly around that area, um, even before P3D went 64-bit, you'd run out of memory. But even now, even on my system, I get really bad stutters. The terrain goes from sharp to blurry. Um, and it's just, they're just issues with FSX. P3D still kind of clinging on to the old engine. I think a lot of us are hoping that with V5 that they're going to clear a lot of that out. But certainly um, Heathrow is one of those things. San Francisco used to be. And then it's not anymore. It just runs smoothly. L.A. tends to be a little bit, especially when you get into areas that are heavily autogen populated. Um, but Heathrow was just thick. Like even last night, as a matter of fact, because um, I just got the True Earth Great Britain and I downloaded the, the Great Britain South. And then I set up my Quality Wings Avro Liner at London City Airport. And everything just looks fan-freaking-tastic. Oh, my gosh. Everything's perfect, right? Soon as I hit the, the engine number four start, crash a desktop so and then that was it and then i just you know I, I i gave up and went to bed so um that whole london area is just it's it's pretty wild so i tend to avoid that flying into amsterdam i don't know if you have flight tampa's amsterdam but um that's just smooth as butter coming and going and that's with full ai traffic so generally i tend to fly more into amsterdam than i do london just because i know i'll be able to get on the ground smooth and get off smooth whereas with heathrow and even gatwick gatwick is a nightmare with the doggone ai traffic like you have to turn ai traffic off because they just get confused with the run runway so they all get jammed up but um i have not done the kangaroo route yet but if i 
promised to teach myself how to fly the 787, I might do the, you know, the straight up London to Perth um, deal. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I have that same issue with London and it really frustrates me because even New York, which has even more like autogen buildings than London does, I I can take off, I think it's 3-4 that takes off pretty much into the skyline of New York and have absolutely no issues. And then I go to London and then there's just like London city is just right there and it's not that much. It just, it it lags out like crazy. Maybe, maybe it has to do, do you have aerosofts or no? No, 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 no. Um, just uh, Orbix. Uh, I'm see. I uninstalled because there's Orbix. What was it? They they had a like a, an England um, region, and I got rid of that, and then got the True Earth. Um, so I haven't even seen it yet because the last night was my first time to actually see it, and then it it, it crashed. So, but um, from what I could see, all the landmarks are there. So hmm. interesting. Well, yeah. I guess it is just a P3D thing. Do you? Do you have like any other idea how that works besides just, you know, P3D's older script or is is like that all that you know? Um, so from the developers that I've spoken to, they, you know, what all they've basically tried to do is is optimize, you know, in those areas sceneries as best as possible. So um, for example, JFK, there's no good JFK right now. The one from FS Dream Team is just really shown as age. Um, so I've been, yeah, so I've been utilizing the, uh, the Imagine Sim version of LaGuardia and, uh, Javietsky designs, uh, Manhattan scenery, which, you know, I mean, that's as good as it gets in P3D right now. So, um, and so I've been between the two of those, though, I get on average 30 to 35 frames per second at my settings. And so it, it's actually pretty smooth. Whereas back in the day, you almost pretty much steer clear of New York because it was such a nightmare. Um, so that's not the case anymore, but I think the area around London and that area, like I mentioned, that's around um, Friday Harbor, it's something that I guess I, I don't know, because I, I think they have cried to Lockheed Martin about it. And um, it's something that developers have no control over, like there's nothing that they can do about it. Because the Turbulent Designs guys, when they brought it to my attention, we were going back and forth and back and forth. And they were like, there was literally nothing else we can do. There's something that is inherent. I guess in the source code or something that, uh, you know, that it's just beyond their, you know, their limitations. So, you know, I guess we'll see when version five comes out, if, if that's fixed or not, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, let's take it back a little bit to air daily X and your time there. Um, yeah. What were, so you, you left air, air daily X and then you pass it on to other people. What, and then, yeah, it, it, you know, as you mentioned, it has been pretty much, um, it's defunct now. How does that, like, how does that make you feel having something that you spent like so much time on just be gone? Honestly, it hurts. <laughs> um, it, it does because, um, you know, I was given a, a lot of promises, you know, the person that I handed the website over to, um, the way that whole thing went down was really, there was a fan of Air Daily X and, um, you know, he'd been reaching out to me a number of times throughout the year and throughout the years. And I spend a lot of time. If I'm not in L.A., then chances are I'm New York. New York is where I spend most of my time if I'm not in L.A. 
And, um, and so every time I'm there, he's always wanted to invite me out to his place. And so one year after uh, Flight Some Con 20, I don't know, I think it was like 2017 or something like that, um, we were driving back to New York from Hartford. And um, so this time I actually, you know, went to meet him because where, where I usually stay is in an area called Hell's Kitchen. And that's, you know, basically where he lives. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite neighborhoods. I love it there. So I live in New York. I know. <laughs> oh, you live in New York? I do. Yes. Oh, well, I will be in town, I think, in February. So we'll definitely have to meet up. That's my favorite city. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I love New York. I love that town. Yeah. So um, and so that's where he happens to live. So he invited me over to his place. And, you know, he's got this 737 full motion simulator in his in his penthouse. And I mean, just total super awesome guy, really friendly guy. And um, so, you know, I kept in touch with him, you know, and, um, so this was before I had gotten a new job. So by the time I got the new job, there were key people that I was reaching out to and letting them know, Hey, I'm giving you guys heads up that, uh, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to keep air daily X going anymore. So I thought I'd give you the, the heads up directly. And so at the time that I had gotten around to him, uh, you know, he had basically came back and said, well, wait a minute, you know, I can, you know, I, I can, I can keep it alive. I, you know, and so we started talking about it and it's important to note that I never sold it. I never, I never made a dime. I just, you know, Air Daily X was never mine from the beginning. In the beginning, it was Dominique, who was a, uh, a somewhat well-known French, um, newspaper journalist in in Paris. So he's never used his real name. So to this day, his real name is not Dominique. He doesn't want, you know, anyone to know who he is because if you're a well-known journalist and, uh, you know, they find out you're writing some little blog about airplane toys, you know, maybe, maybe that hurts your credibility. So, um, and so when he left, he basically left it in my, in my hands. And so my, my hope was that, I could then leave it to someone else's hands and they can continue with it with their style. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's how we can just continue to survive. And so I thought maybe this is that opportunity. And so I was given a number of promises that to me left me feeling, wow, this is going to be great for the community. They're going to love it. It's not just my opinion anymore. It'll be, you know, multiple people, people who are actually journalists and, you know, a lot of money is going to go into it, which is something that I was never able to do was put a lot of money into it. Um, celebrities would be able to come on and do things because of this person's connections and all that. And so I thought, well, this is great. This is, this is, this is going to be the best thing for flight simulator. And, um, so when I started communicating with the new team um, that wind up becoming like five times removed, <laughs> who whatever thought, but, you know, I started, the first thing I did was, you know, I wanted to kind of warn them, you know, like, listen, uh, I don't know how much experience you guys have with being, uh, you know, uh, front of house with the community, um, but the particular Air Daily X community, these guys can rip you apart. So you, you, you just let me just start warning you guys in terms of what you can expect. But there were key certain elements that I basically said, you know, under no uncertain terms, don't do this, don't do that. It will be a bad idea. And I was basically told that I needed to step back and let them you know, run the show and let them, you know, trip if they're going to trip, fall if they're going to fall and, 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 you know, step back. So I did. And it was not hard for me to do because once my new job got up and running, I didn't have any free time on my hands anymore anyway. So, um, so then they proceeded to do essentially everything that I said, don't do. And then they started to upset a lot of people and air daily X people can be easy to upset and also very difficult to upset, but your average air daily X fan, they know I'm going to throw a lot of crap at the wall. 
So they're used to that. So they, they can put up with quite a bit more than say your average, you know, for, have some forum member will, will put up with. So um, if you piss off this crowd, then you've really done something wrong. And so a number of bad things happen. And, you know, my name was still attached to it at that time because there were still things I wanted to do. I wanted to do reviews and live streams. And I still have that feeling now, you know, pulling up, uh, I pulled up the, um, Landvetter from Orbix that was just released by Marcus Nineberg. And that it's just like the first thing as soon as I saw I was like, oh my God, I want to stream this. This just looks so great. You know, so I still have that that feeling of wanting to to do it and show things off. Um so I had planned to to still do that with Air Daily X, but you know, once they crossed the line with Majestic, some guy came on there and he wrote some article about Majestic Q four hundred is a is a scam and a ripoff, and I'm like, oh my god. So the first thing I did, because my phone, my text messages, my emails, my messengers, everything just caught on fire like all at once. I wake up in the morning and like my phone is literally like smoke is coming out of it. And I'm like trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Is there another terrorist attack? Like, I don't know what's going on. And then um, I get to the website and I read this and I'm like, holy crap. So the first thing I did was I reached out to Majestic and I'm like, look, guys, you know, you know, this is not coming from me. And they were like, yeah, we understand it's not coming from you, but it's really upsetting. It's very disheartening. Um, and uh, that was already kind of like the cherry on top from a number of other issues that people were having with the website. And then for me personally, all the promises that were stated not coming to fruition. So, um, you know, my my only final request was that the old Air Daily X website remain online. So the the Google blog, which is where Air Daily X started, that's still online. You can go to I think it's like Air Daily X dot blogger dot com or whatever it is that's still there so all the real stuff from all the way back from like 2010 or whatever is still there but from where i took over the reins and started running it on my own that site is gone the bill has stopped being paid the domain has been allowed to lapse um so all of that is now gone so um and i was promised that that will remain so that i think struck me the hardest because all of that work that i've done and to me there's an imp importance in archiving because when you want to go and google something you know i come up with stuff from websites that news websites that have been long gone but are still online and you you learn about stuff and so for me, my hope was that it would stay there kind of like in perpetuity because, you know, when someone's Googling something, they can still use it as a resource, you know, or if they need a review of something or, or whatever. And so once that went down, then that just that really that really stung because, A, that was many, 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 many years of hard work. That's just it's that's just disappeared. It's gone and no one will will never see it again. Um, and, and I won't lie. It certainly affected me when it came to starting the new website as well. And that's why with the new website, I wanted to do something differently where I wasn't going to slave every single day, every hour of the day trying to get news out. I think FS Elite does a great job with that. So I, I you know, I'm not uh, I'm not that concerned. I mean, Threshold, at least on the X-Plane side of things, you guys do a great job in that element. So for me, the goal was just to just be all opinion blog. Something comes out. If I think it's crap, I'm going to say it's crap. If I think it's great, I'm going to say it's great. But I'm not aiming to get every single news piece out. I'm only aiming to talk about things that, you know, to me really stand out. Um, and so that was the goal behind this, because if this thing falls apart, then I'm not as hurt as, you know, with what happened with Air Daily X. But yeah, a lot of promises that just that just never, never came through. And I remember thinking back to 
all the the uh, the paperwork I signed and you know the the contracts and all this heavy fine print. I had to have a lawyer go through this stuff, and it's like I you know what is even the point because I'm never going to make money off this thing. Um, you know, I'm not selling it, so what's the point? So I just wanted someone who was passionate, which was my feeling of the person at the time was was his passion. Um, and he's definitely passionate about flight simulation, but I don't know. There's just something has happened there, um, and the whole thing fell apart. So everyone that was working there have all left. And uh, after that, there was no one left to run the site. So it just lapsed. So even the new Airedale X is gone. And maybe it's for the better, you know, because I know it was upsetting a lot of people. Um, so, you know, FS Elite, I think they do a great job getting the news out. You know, the news is not always quality news, in my opinion. Um, and I, I, I think the guys there and I, you know, I've got a lot of them in my friends list and I chat with them. And, you know, I, I, I commend them in the sense that, you know, they've they've done everything that I could never manage to do that I've always imagined that I wanted to do. Um, so I definitely applaud them in that. But, you know, they they tend to stray away from having you know, opinions that might be considered controversial. And that's the kind of stuff people like to eat up. <laughs> um, so, you know, they, they tend to keep it more Wall Street journal-ish and, and not so much Howard Stern-ish, which is, uh, you know, the kind of direction I would go in. So, um, so it, 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 it's great for getting the news, but, you know, it just, it doesn't have that oomph. Like, you know, if you see something on Sim Market that is, composed of mostly default scenery and crap that's being sold for $30. Like I will be the first one to come up and say, this is BS. This is garbage. I don't care. This is, this is crap and it shouldn't be sold. Now, granted they have their right to sell it, but it's crap. It's straight up clearly crap. I remember blueprint simulations. I used to pick on them all the time because they would, you know, they, they'd sell this stuff at a price that's competing with fly Tampa and it's just junk, you know, and, you know, people would attack me and say, hey, I don't think it's junk. And that's great. And but that's what made it great. People, you didn't have to agree with me. And if you wanted to argue with me, that's fine. You can go ahead and argue with me. But, you know, that that sort of element, I think, is just missing somewhere where you need someone to kind of speak on behalf of the little guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so no one really does that sort of thing anymore. So I think that thing is sort of missing. And I think a lot of people are afraid to take that step. Whereas with me, I was never afraid to because I was always coming out of my passion. So, um, you know, but at the very least, we have solid news organizations now, whereas before it was just fly by night, you know, blogger pages, you know, that would pop up and disappear, you know, every so often. So at least now we have a number of set solid news organizations that you can rely on. You can go there, you can get news. And so I think at the very least, that's that's good. Yeah, I definitely I, I, I agree. I mean, I was actually really, really excited to discover Threshold when I first came across it because I had never thought about Flight Sim News. I, I would really just get everything from the forums and then to have like a centralized place is great. But I totally, I, I agree with you with the whole opinionated thing. Although it is sometimes frustrating when, because streamers definitely have the largest voice in the community when it comes to um, just a, opinions about various products or various services. And although sometimes it can be frustrating when they kind of, spew stuff that's like really really strongly worded it is important i feel for people to get their point across and for other people to hear that maybe their their 
opinion is like the same as theirs. Like they have somebody else to talk to and they're not alone in their thoughts. And I think that's probably a lot where having controversial opinions and also just being able to share your opinion in a biased way is definitely very beneficial. I think that we wouldn't have learned, um, like we wouldn't have learned together the X-Pain community about how um, things are developed and like what we want if it weren't for some things that happened with SSG um, a while back uh, when they released the 747 uh, version two and it was not what people had expected it to be. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I definitely applaud. Yeah. It's, that. it's that contrast. Yeah. It, it is that contrast and um, you know, but so I hoped to bring that back, but now I don't think I can being a developer now because it, it just would be wrong for me to say this product is crap and oh also this guy works for Milviz that that wouldn't be very good so um, I'm stuck right now and you know I think you know for me I, I a lot of my time also needs to go into the marketing of our own products so it's it's a bit rough and I, I know a few developers are already a little bit disappointed <laughs> uh, because they were looking for forward to me coming back and, and also having that you know that that other perspective but yeah at least for the time being I don't I don't think there's anything I'm gonna really be able to do because for me it's like if I can't go 100% I'd rather not go at all that's just my modus operandi I guess so so that is one way in which your style has kind of changed is that now you have to think from a developer's perspective and you kind of have to censor yourself because you work for another company and then by you possibly bashing another company then you also have milviz now behind you correct that's exactly right so i you know i unlike before i have other people to consider and think about so it's not just me anymore so you know um you know this thing with Milviz. I think it's 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 we have a a huge um, um, forecast in terms of you know how we are are tackling the future on many different fronts, and we have a lot of great ideas. And I wish I could talk about it because we're doing some really really amazing things right now. Um, and so yeah, I would I would hate to right now our our name isn't the best <laughs> in both the X Plane and P three D realms. Um, the big issue as of late has been this King Air. And I remember covering it when the first renders came out, you know, like six years ago, you know. So, um, you know, for me, and that was one of the things that Colin and I went back and forth because he's like, man, I need you to get out there and start streaming stuff. And I'm like, listen, I am not coming out of the closet until that airplane is out. Okay. (laughs) Because it has been, it has been, um, it's been a long time coming. And, you know, as far as that King Air goes and finally being on the, developer side of things and getting the insight because a lot of people they just think why isn't it out yet why isn't it out yet they might think that everyone is just sitting around with their thumbs up their behinds and that's really not the case um you know we got down to initial release back in september uh the first week of september we got so close and then all of a sudden something happened with the code and it screwed everything up for another month and then we got to october and it's crazy because even when we got to the down to the december christmas release it was the same thing. We kept pushing for a, a pre-Christmas release. Um, and every time we got to a release candidate, something would happen with the code. Something would, you know, you would, you would work on one thing that might be completely, sorry, completely unrelated to something else. And when you've got like six, seven different developers who are working from different parts of the world and they're updating the code and updating this and updating that one thing will conflict with another thing. 
and no one knows what the hell happened and what went wrong. And now you've got to go back to the drawing board to try to find out where the conflict happened. And so by, you, by the time you fix the conflict, it's now affected something else. It's, it's amazing how complicated it is. And, you know, for those folks who, who have bought it, first of all, you know, it's like the, 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 uh, the response has actually been very good because we've been really biting our fingernails because we've been trying to get it to a release standpoint where it works well. And so the release, you know, candidate that we finally got down to was, okay, the bugs that we're seeing are not replicating on all the different beta testers we have. We have a huge uh, amount of beta testers. And so some are reporting bugs and others are saying, no, I'm not having this issue. And so finally we got to the point where it was like, okay, well now we got to get it to release and then start trying to find out how widely spread are these bugs. And so we're starting to see it. Some people are getting some CTDs and some other issues. And so um, we're meeting every day. Everyone is working almost around the clock because, you know, everyone's around the world. So it's almost around the clock. We've already released, released, I think a couple of uh, updates already. So um, of course, every time an update comes out, it might impact something else. And that's because no one has really done anything on this level before. I mean, Majestic, you know, as far as the turbo hop goes, you know, they've done the the amazing Q400, uh, but that's not a ProLine 21. (laughs) The ProLine 21 is an insane piece of software. It is, it is really something um, and because there are so many different iterations of the ProLine 21 dating back, I don't know, maybe 20 years, um, you know, we've basically tried to take the best of everything that these different PL21 systems have and then putting them into one system. So the system that you get is, I don't want to say it's not realistic, but, you know, there are some people who understand maybe a PL-21 that they may have in their own aircraft that might be a 15-year-old plane. And there might be some people who just got, you know, flying a private jet or a corporate jet or something that's brand new. And there might be features they're looking for. So we tried to put everything in so that no matter which version of the PL-21 you're used to having, everything is going to feel familiar. And you're going to be able to say, oh my gosh, okay, the feature's here. The problem is when you have so many of those features, you know, at some point, you know, things are just going to clash. And so that's what's been kind of holding up the project over the years is trying to get these these features in you know clear air turbulence and taws and all this stuff you know trying to get it all to work and work together is has not been easy and so being in on these conference calls and listening to even the frustrations of the coders and the developers and you know listening to them trying to find out ways to make it work and going back and forth and it's almost like a think tank you know um to an extent and so to you know these guys they're just they're geniuses they're amazing you know, how they operate and how they work with each other to get this stuff going. So the good news is, is it's finally out. Now we're looking at the Learjet, we're looking at the ATR and stuff. And so now things are going to start to be a lot more smooth. And so for me personally, it's like, okay, now I can come out of the closet and say, hey, okay, we are, we are really trying to change the, the face of Milviz and the face of the company and, and really, um, you know, start turning around people's opinions of us because not everyone has a bad opinion of us, but I just, you know, I know that Milvis has, has left a sour taste in many people's mouths. And if Air Daily X wasn't gone, you'd be able to pull, you'd be able to run a search Milvis and pull up just lists and lists and lists of user comments who are, who are pissed off at Milvis. So I think people are, aren't so much pissed anymore. And when they start to see the releases start to now flow out over the course of the next year, they're going to be happy. Um, you know, our only you know concern is is that when we finally start getting these releases out, is that people are going to buy them and that they're not just you know holding on to their wallets to see what's going to come next. Because 
you know, as I said, we are very much committed to P3D. So for those people, you know, like people who stick to X-Plane and people who stick to FSX, um, there are going to be people who are going to stick to P3D. And uh, so, you know, it's important for them to know that, you know, we're not going to just abandon you, you know. So, um, you know, we're hoping that they're going to stick with us as well, because uh, these releases that are now going to finally start to come out, they are going to be amazing. But at least you have that excitement uh, there, because if you weren't, I mean, every like you keep on saying, oh, I'm, I'm really, really excited with what we're doing. And it sucks that I can't share it. Like if you if you have that excitement there, then no matter like what people say to you or or no matter like what the opinion of the company is, you're just like, screw them. I just want to develop this product. And if they'll like like it anyway, because it's going to be amazing because I'm so excited about it. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's very exciting. We are we are definitely broadening our horizons in terms of, you know, what we're going to be offering and what we're working on in the background. And like I said, I wish I could talk about it because it's so but I mean, that's never changed because developers have always shared with me uh stuff that they're working on that i can't share that i could just you know on air daily x would be like listen just just hold your tongue another month you know um so uh i'm I'm still technically in that in that same boat where i know what's going on but the difference is you know going from someone who's been a fan to someone who's now on the developer side and always having these ideas oh i wish a developer would do this and i wish this developer would do that now I'm bringing those ideas to the table and, you know, the, you know, the, the, the management team is coming back and saying, okay, sure, let's do it. And I'm like, really, really? You know, so it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Because I've had ideas for years that I think developers should do. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to money and is there going to be any interest? And, you know, the feedback that I get was, is, Hey, look, if you think it's going to work, then let's go for it. So I have some big ideas. I brought some very big ideas to the table. Um, and so now we're, we're in the pre stages of that. We finally got the King air out. Now we're, we got to just sustain it, keep the updates coming out, keep listening to the community, what they want. Um, and then getting all those other planes that everyone's been hearing over the years that have not been out. Now, finally, those are coming down the assembly line. So 2020 is going to be a huge release year for us. We're just hoping that, you know, the fans will stick with us and buy them as they come out, because obviously, um, you know, we need those revenues to then move the teams over to the next project and and then start getting those out the door. But um, provided we can make it through 2020, the year 2020, um, and then we'll see what's coming out with uh, with with Microsoft and everything else and P3D. And then now we can start, you know, figuring out how to, uh, you know, diversify our resources. And internally, that's the biggest questions or the, or the biggest topics that we're, 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 we're trying to figure out is, is how do we, how do we position our teams going forward? You know? Um, and that's, that's the big question. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't shock me, like I said before, you know, that a lot of developers have found that they just don't have the manpower to go in the X-Plane direction. But, you know, hopefully Austin will come back with an X-Plane 12 that's so amazing. That's going to force us to rethink, you know, developers all over to kind of rethink. And I think the same goes for X-Plane developers that have been solely fixed on X-Plane. You know, it's my hope that they will also look at, you know, what Lockheed might be doing and Microsoft might be doing and diversify as well. You know, I think rather than developers all sticking to the platform they know, if we can get everyone going cross-platform, I think that'll be great. But the driving force behind that is going to be the wallet and people spending the money. And I think if people put their wallets where their mouths are, I think developers will will respond. But if they're not, then they won't. So that, at the end of the day, that's the big thing. It sounds like despite your frustrations with... um 
with with Air Daily X and and also your frustrations with not being able to really continue flight level three five zero right now that you're actually still like really really happy with the job you have now that's I'm correct when I say that right. I am enjoying it. Um, a lot of what I do um, in my position also has to do with, and I won't get into too much detail because I just can't, but it has to do with the military side of things. And um, so we do a lot of business with the Air Force. And so um, most of my contacts and uh, the people that I'm talking to day to day are, you know, Department of Defense and, and different branches of the military. So it there's a huge sort of element of pride there for me um, personally. So, you know, when we get these contracts come in and I'm talking with generals and, you know, the whole nine yards, it's it's really amazing. I just I can't get too much into that. But um, on that side of things, I, I, I'm pretty much the person that runs point on that element of the company as well. So, you know, and then listening to, you know, what the military wants and, you know, listening to their ideas and things that they want us to do and provide for them and so on and so forth. So that, that part of it is really, really exciting as well. So I would say that 85% of my time is on that side of it. And the remaining 15%, which is on the, com- the, the consumer side is a, um, you know, trying to come up with, with new ideas for the company moving forward, which is an exciting time. Um, and then also the marketing side of it as well. So now that the King Air is out, um, the big thing now is, is working on the, the marketing side of it. So and the, and the marketing has been difficult with the King Air because we just we never knew when we were going to be able to get it out. You know, and we, we start investing in all these efforts and then it pushes back another month and it pushes back another month. So it's not to say that it goes without its frustrations because it has. But I think I think this plane finally being out is just such a weight. Let's lift it off of everyone's head. Um, everyone's gotten a bit of a vacation for the Christmas holiday. So they've, they've all gotten a little bit of a break, even though some of them have worked through the Christmas holiday to still get um, some updates out. So, you know, or work on updates anyway that are expected to come out soon. So, you know, of course, we appreciate that dedication from the team as well. Um, but a lot of guys now are just they're just they're glad to, to just move away from it and do something else. And so that's the big thing. And so now that um, we can start to spread out our team, that's now where we can start to, you know, to make some of these cool ideas. But yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. It's very exciting. And, um, you know, definitely, I think Milvis was definitely the place for me to land. It's weird how it fell into my lap. Um, it was completely unexpected, but, um, as it turns out, um, you know, there were a lot of mutual, um, uh, like mutual ideas. And so, uh, and that's how the whole thing just sort of, sort of came around. And, you know, now, you know, it's weird just having ideas, you know, and having Colin Pierce and say, okay, if that's what you want to do, let's give it a shot. And it's like, really? So now it's, now it's like, now the community is going to have to respond to some of these ideas and stuff that we're going to develop and do. Um, but you know, the, the MS 2020 announcement came at, at a really weird time too, because it's like, okay, now everyone's waiting to see what comes next. And so that might, you know, it has definitely forced us us to um, to to rethink our business model. We're in the process of developing new business models, um, but a lot of us we just don't know all that much. So there's a lot that we do know that we can't talk about it, but then there's a lot that we don't know. So um, a lot of that is going to come once we can start talking about it openly. And you know, Robert Randazzo he he put this really big uh, thing up on. Um, 
on his Facebook page about his commitment to MS 2020. And people are wondering, why, why hasn't Milvis done that yet? And we will be coming out with, with an announcement. We're just waiting to know a little bit more first. And then, and then we'll, 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 we'll get an idea of where our direction is. And we don't want to get ahead of ourselves and make any promises that we may or may not be able to fulfill. So that's, that's why we haven't really mentioned anything yet. And why we've been very purposefully cryptic, because there is, the truth is there's still a lot that, um, many of us developers that we just don't know yet, but we are very, very optimistic. And, you know, we are internally, we, we have a lot of ideas and plans um, going forward with that. And so as any of that might pertain to X-Plane, you know, I think at the end of the day, the big, the big thing with X-Plane was is that what we, we did release for X-Plane just didn't sell. It just didn't make anywhere near as much money. And I know a lot of the complaints were that, what we released was already out or there was already a decent freeware to compete with it. And so, you know, when you're trying to compete with freeware, it can be very difficult when you got people on payroll and contractors that you have to pay to do something that's only going to compete with something that's freeware that people feel is already good enough. So that that's why we've had to take a step back because if we go back into X-Plane, it's, it's going to have to be something that people are going to want to buy and not compete with freeware, but we also need to have some peace of mind that it's going to make money and that we're not going to waste more money. And, you know, that King Air, you know, I think over $200,000 has sunk into that project. And, you know, we can't, we can't do that anymore because, you know, that's the kind of thing that can end a company, you know, to be absolutely honest. So, um, you know, we just, we have to be very careful. So um, right now we have a number, a number of ideas and plans of what we want to do. We, we want to make sure we're not you know, spread too thin going, uh, into multiple platforms. Um, so it's right now it's, it, we're, we're at a really a wait and see. And the thing with X-Plane is, is that whereas even though Colin's position is that, you know, I'm done with X-Plane, my position is that, you know what, you know, I, I'm definitely willing to take another chance on X-Plane, but you know, I think for us, we need to see, if this new version is going to drive more people in that direction so that we can say, okay, it's worth, you know, investing 20, 30, $40,000 into a development to get into that platform. Or if the, 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 the bridge between porting something to explain is not so difficult, then we can do that as well. And that's been the other half as a, as a aircraft developer, you know, Coronado has had Trenda, Trenda or Trenda or Thranda, whatever it is. They've been able to rely on them to get a lot of their stuff into X-Plane, but Coronado's stuff is not complex. You know, they're not running fully study level PL21 systems. You know, you can it's easy to port model and do flight dynamics, but when you're doing a heavy systems intensive aircraft, um, that requires a lot of money. And, you know, if you look at historically X-Plane sales, um, they just don't seem to lead in that direction. And so that's where the, where the scare is. I know a lot of people want that ATR. Um, and you know, if X-Plane 12 has a method that allows us to get things into the platform, that's not going to cost us $20,000 to do it, then hell yeah. I mean, I'll be happy to, to, to jump back in, but right now it's just too expensive and too complex for the amount of add-ons that it sells. And so for me, my big question is for those developers that are making those amazing, wonderful planes that I'm already jealous of in X-Plane is, you know, how are the sales? How are your profit margins? Because um, 
at the end of the day, that's the driving factor. And, you know, I think we've seen, you know, like, for example, there was a developer that did like an A350. And even though I'm not sure how, you know, how, how the fidelity is with that X-Plane A350, from what I've seen, they released it, it looked amazing. And then I don't think I've ever seen them again after that. So, and then like IXEG, they did that really amazing 737 and then, but then what else? So I think that's the thing is, is, you know, with a lot of these developers is that we're just not seeing them constantly push uh, add-ons out in the same way that P3D developers are constantly pushing add-ons out. So that's the other half of the scale as well that I think it's just, we just have to see if, see maybe how the, how the community adjusts in the future. Yeah, I feel like P3D developers are very much companies, whereas X-Plane developers are like not, not freelance, but they're they're more doing it because they're really, really inspired by it and they love flight less and less of the fact that they, they just want to make money. And I think that that's kind of where that comes in. But I think that also comes with the trade-off of X-Plane not having the best add-on aircraft in comparison to uh, what P3D has, like there are far more incredible aircraft for P3D than there are for X-Plane. Yes. So, and and that's what X-Plane is lacking. And it's funny because I had a long chat with Quality Wings. In fact, I did an interview with them about this very subject, which I'll be publishing soon, um, about them and going into X-Plane. And, you know, that that was definitely it for them was that, listen, we, we don't have anything against X-Plane. You know, and they were clear on that. We got nothing against X-Plane and we would love to go into X-Plane. The thing is, is, you know, even though Quality Wings is a company, it's all individual guys who work on weekends and after work, they all have jobs. And so for them, you know, it's, it's, you know, when they have time and it's amazing that they've managed to release what they've released with just a bunch of guys that are basically working in their bedrooms around the world, collaborating to get things done. And for them, it's like, listen, we, we understand, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, um, but essentially what Corey and Lars were, were saying was that they have nothing against developing for X-Plane. The thing is, is for them, they have to learn a whole new system because chances are anything they develop for X-Plane, they're going to have to do from the ground up. And for me, my, my thought process was is that if PMDG could have done it easily, they would have gotten at least the NGX in there. And for whatever reason, they've never done it. And now they've come back and said, well, they're, they've, they're dropping X-Plane. And there's got to be more behind it. But, you know, the response from Quality Wings is, look, we don't care what PMDG is doing. We don't want to be compared to PMDG. We don't care what anyone else is doing. All we can do is look internally and see what are the constraints and the concerns for us. And the constraints and concerns from them was is that quite likely they would have to learn to develop from X-Plane from the ground up, which when these guys are all working from homes, you know, and, and they're in, you know, and, and they have families and they have full time jobs. And so to allocate the additional time and then on top of that, allocating the additional resources and then just learning how to develop for a new platform um, the amount of sales to come out of it just, you know, they're afraid that, you know, we, we do all this and then what if it doesn't match? And then in the meantime, you know, they still need to release new aircraft and they have new aircraft in development. So, you know, for them, it's like, you know, how much time are we going to be able to put in our current projects that we're developing and then try to learn a new program and then try to develop for that program and then what if it doesn't sell? And not only that, but then it pushes back release dates. And every time a release date is pushed back, that's income that you're not getting, which also can, you know, affect the company. So for them, you know, the, 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 it, it's pretty clear of why it's not 
easy. And what makes it not easy is that these are all high fidelity systems aircraft. You know, a simple C-172 is one thing, but a 787 or 777 or something like that where you've got these really complex, you know, systems, you know, that that's seems to be the barrier that no one has been able to get over, even Aerosoft and their Airbuses. You know, Aerosoft has been a huge backer of X-Plane, you know, but why isn't the Aerosoft Airbus an X-Plane? You know, why, why haven't they they done that? So there's obviously a reason behind it. Um, and whatever it is, I'm assuming the reason must be common among all developers. So, you know, for X-Plane, you know, maybe that's something that, you know, Austin and team really need to take seriously and say, listen, look at, you know, the X, the FSX code, which is going to eventually become prepared V5. I'm assuming, I don't know if that's true. It could be a complete ground up simulator for all I know. I really don't know, but look at that and then try to figure out a way to get, you know, to, to get these developers. And I, I'm sure it's not a, it's probably not a, a priority for them. They could probably care less who developed something for X-Plane and who doesn't. But I think if they did, I think if they do, and they were to work with these developers and find a way to make it work, then MS 2020 could seriously be looking at a serious contender, you know, and right now it isn't as far as we know. Right. So I, I and I, and I think those things are important. I think third party add-ons are important and that's largely in part what's kept me out of X plane is that what's great. It's too few and far in between. Whereas with P3D, you can go right now, buy a copy of P3D, and then immediately spend probably $8,000 in add-ons in one sitting. You know, Whereas with X-Plane, that's not so much the case. And whereas you do have those amazing freeware add-ons, what you need are those third-party developers on your side. So um, how you win them over is important. And I, I, and I don't want to just blame X-Plane fans for that and developers who are stepping away. I think... I think Laminar should take a little bit of that blame and say, you know, internally, look, let's let's try to figure out how to get these developers products into into X-Plane that's not going to cost them a lot of time and slash or a lot of money. And I, and I think if they were to do that and they were successful at it, I can tell you right now, Milviz, we would be happy to turn around and try to dump as much as we could in X-Plane. That would not be an issue. So, um you know, I, I think I think that that sits with the X-Plane guys and whether or not that's important for them. But that's why I just keep harping on the same the same quote that I want to see what the next thing, this Vulcan engine thing. I, I want to see what they're going to come out with, because X-Plane 11 was totally a game changer. So I expect that X-Plane 12 is going to blow me away. And if it can blow me away, then it's it's going to blow everyone else away. And I'm, I'm probably the harshest critic. So we'll see. <laughs> Are you going to be at Flight Sim Expo this year? I will be there. Are you going to be doing any sorts of interviews like you did before? Or is that does that fall under the whole thing with you not wanting to be biased? I'm trying to decide. Well, now nah, that doesn't that doesn't really come down to being biased. I'm trying to decide what I want to do because right now, as a company, we're trying to decide if Milvis is going to exhibit or not. Um, so it depends. So if we don't do that, I'm going either way. The question is, am I there as a representative of Milvis or if I'm there to do interviews? You know, what I would like to do 
Um, and one of the things I've always wanted to do was to do these things on behalf of another media outlet. So, you know, one of the things I did, you know, I think about a year, two years ago, I think I reached out to FS Elite and I'm like, look, I still want to do these interviews and get and do these reviews, but I don't want the trouble of running a website. So is there any way that I could do this and you guys could publish the stuff? And they, you know, they went internally. I talked to Caleb about it and he was totally down for the idea. Um, he and I get along really well, but a lot of the team, the, the members in Internally, we're like, yeah, you know, DeAndre, he can be probably an a-hole or maybe he'll come in and steal our thunder or maybe he'll come in and ruffle a lot of feathers. And so at the end of the day, I think it just really wasn't sitting right with them. But I love doing this sort of stuff. I love doing interviews. I love doing reviews and live streams and I still want to do it. I just, um, you know, I running a website is just not something that I think works, but for me to, you know, for example, if I had X plane and I go to threshold and be like, listen, this product, this plane was really awesome. I'd love to, you know, write a, write up a review or something on it. You know, would you guys be interested in publishing it or something like that? Like a centralized publisher that that's just happy to publish these sort of things. I would rather get into doing something like that because it allows me to still do my developer thing while people who know me know that I'm not going to necessarily be biased. I mean, listen, if it's great, I say it's great. If it's shunk, it's shunk. And I am biased towards anything that's good. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think we all are. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I would love to continue doing that. I just can't do that and then run a website because a lot of people are going to come to the website looking for the latest news. And what I would like to be able to do is just be supplemental to something that already exists. You know, I would be happy to do that because I'm still motivated. You know, last night I wanted to hit the live stream button so bad, but I'm like, who's going to watch? No one knows. No one knows where I am anymore. So it's like, there's just no point. Um, but you know, we'll, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really up for, as far as what I would like to do is I'd like to work with everybody. I'd like to be able to do a little bit of everything and help all of these um, FS new media, news media resources, because I think the more that we have, you know, the, the, the better, you know, um, and I've said that for, for many years. I don't want to be the only resource because if my opinion is the only opinion that you're getting, then that is not good. That is really not good. So um, we definitely need a lot more out there. You know, it's just a matter of, um, you know, who the hell would want to have me under their auspices? I think that's, <laughs> I've pissed a lot of people off over the years. So, yeah, I mean, so as far as the next few months, I mean, a lot of it, you know, and, and my excitement and things that we're working on is everything that's really, um, internal with Milvis at the moment. Um, nothing really big on my website other than the reviews that I'm going to release as far as what I'm going to be doing at FS Expo. I'm not 100% sure. I know Evan and the guys have asked me to cover the Friday event because no one realized that Friday seminars would be so huge. Sorry. Would be so huge. Um, and it's funny because all the way back in 2015, I was telling them that. I was like, listen, let's have an extra day because this conference is just too short. And they were like, I don't know. We don't, maybe if we get more than a thousand people, we can justify, you know, adding a third day to the event. And so when they did it this year, no one expected that that many people would show up where they booked out the entire ballroom. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but for a Friday, I mean, that was just amazing. So I'm sure in Vegas, they're going to be expecting that again. So anyway, they've asked me to cover it. Um, so I, I will definitely be doing that. So I will be there with camera and everything in tow. Um, 
but uh, as far as if, whether or not I'll be going around and doing, doing interviews, I don't know. I guess it, 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 a lot of it's going to depend on whether or not we get a booth. If we get a booth, then I'll be there officially as a representative of Milvez. Otherwise, I'll probably be there, um, you know, as an attendee of Milvez um, and then covering the Friday stuff and, you know, hanging around and chatting. And who knows? I mean, I, 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 I like the fact that I'll have the camera because sometimes developers show up to these things that you don't expect is going to show up. And it's like, oh, my God, I have to get them on camera. So that was the case with Fly Tampa over at Cosford. So um, Orbix had had done their um, their seminar. And at the end of the seminar, these two guys walk up to me. and They're like, yeah, you're DeAndre from Air Daily X. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to beat me up. Like, uh, this is probably a couple of people I've pissed off. Um, and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, hey, I'm Emilio Sinyan. It's from uh, from Flight Tampa. And then, you know, I almost like hit the floor because I'm really I really am. I'm like a little girl um, when it comes to developers because I'm a really big fan. So, you know, and then I basically spent the rest of the day just hanging out and chatting with them. And then um, so so I'm like. I'm like, I know George lives like in Southampton. I'm like, is there any way you guys can get him to come? Because those two guys, I think they live in, I think, actually, I think Emilio lives in Germany. And I think, um, I think Yanis is down. Is it Yanis or Yannick? Oh my gosh, I'm butchering his name. But I know he still lives in Greece. They're both Greek. Um, but George, he lives in, in, in like somewhere near the Southampton area. So I kind of pushed them to try to get him to show up. So he shows up the following day, like super incognito. Like, I don't even think he wanted me to know he was there. And then uh, Emilio texts me and he goes, listen, George is here. So if you find a way to like, you know, incognito get over here, you know, maybe you can meet him and chat with him. And so I get over there and he's there and he just turns out to be the coolest freaking guy. I mean, I've been a fan of this guy since his first Boston release, the freeware for FS9. So, you know, to meet these people in person, is just great. And so it basically took me about maybe six hours to convince him to finally come on camera. And it wasn't until the event was basically done <laughs> and I finally got him on camera. So it's like, um, and that's why I bought the camp, brought the camera to the UK because I really wasn't there to do interviews. But I'm like, someone might show up, you know. So um, I'll definitely have it because I think if someone shows up to uh, to Vegas that I'm that I'm not expecting is going to be there. Which I can tell you now, there are a number of developers that have told me in confidence that are definitely going to be in Vegas, but they don't want it publicly announced yet. So I'm thinking I might just have the camera and a microphone handy just in case they show up. I can run to my hotel room and grab it and be like, listen, I got to get you on camera, you know, but it would be great if, if, um, you know, like we could get other media to, to publish these things because I'm just not big anymore. So people don't really know where to find this stuff. So we'll see. But my question to you is, is there anything you want to ask me that uh, that you might want to discuss or, or cover? There definitely is, but the listeners will have to wait until part two of this interview because DeAndre and I have been, well, you'll hear the edited version of this, but we have been at it for an hour and 33 minutes now so we don't oh want to we want to make really sure that run we can, my mouth right yeah we want to make sure that we can <laughs> cut cover that in the next episode or just cover it in more specificity so i don't have to edit this down to 35 minutes that an in-flight episode is so stay tuned for next time i'm looking forward to it